Hey, what's up? It's Zen here. Thanks for listening to Breaking North. Quick thing before we get to the show, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash breaking north. That's patreon.com slash breaking north. Any amount helps us. And here is the show. All right. Welcome to Breaking North. I'm with John Kevill, vocalist of thrash metal band Warbringer. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being on it. Hey, what's up, man? Nice for having me on the show, dude. Absolutely. Uh, let's get into it. So you, as you were just saying, you're about ready to get on tour right now. You're prepping, and uh, you got you guys are pros. You take care of yourself, from what I've heard. You uh, you drink lots of water. You just got done with the run. You're you're rehearsing last minute. Well, I mean, I guess I have to emphasize that stuff at least in my own head because it's my natural tendency to like slam hamburgers and drink beers every and like blaze it every day. So on tour, I have to kind of like not do that stuff if i want to like do an hour plus of uh the kind of level of performance we're trying to so it's like i gotta kind of hammer myself into that shape because normally i'm just chilling man you know yeah have you always kind of been like that have you always just like uh, we're we're i guess were you always just like a stoner back in high school that just kind of like laying around yeah, it's kind of how I got into to metal and stuff in the first place. Is like, you know, it was weird. I remember when I was like way younger. I remember I, I felt like when I was listening to music, I could never hear like the guitars plus the drums at the same time. I would have to focus on like one or the other. And I started blazing, and then I'm like, oh, I hear it all together now. That was, and that's kind of the thing that sold me on on smoking. Actually, you know, was that like this is the thing for me. This is my drug. <laughs> stuck with me ever since but like you know don't kid yourself a lot of stuff is drugged whether prescribed or not or like coffee in the morning fucks me up more than weed half the time you know i agree i tried to limit my uh, my coffee intake in general because like i don't know there's a lot of anxiety going on in the world and i'm it's like a good glass of water or just like getting out in some sunshine usually does a lot better for me than uh that um i have i feel that man because like i get anxious on coffee and i'm like kind of addicted to it man i'm trying i gotta dial myself back because i had some coffee this morning without like having any breakfast i did that whole thing and i was just sitting in my house doing nothing like not doing the stuff i gotta do and just going like ah and like just thinking in a circle you know <laughs> yeah when do you yeah. actually go on when do you actually go on tour when does we're, start? Le- we're leaving on tuesday and i am still doing my teaching job during this year when i'm on tour so i will be teaching class teaching math class on monday and playing metal show on tuesday that's my my week yeah yeah tuesday september 13th in fresno yeah we're doing rehearsal every night up till then we got like 20 songs going in the repertoire so it's a it's a wider bunch than we had available on the last tour i'm stoked about it is that uh what is that like an hour and a half for you 20 songs probably more than that i don't think we'll ever be able to play all of those in one set but uh something like uh you know hour 45 two hours ish when you actually take the the in-betweens into account yeah Uh, but what we like to do is have a mostly kind of planned out set and then kind of halfway through we have a couple rotating spots we like to be able to rotate try stuff out mess with it a bit but we usually stick to the same basic skeleton because you don't want you throw in a totally different set out every night you never get to kind of get the reps in that way you know yeah and if like you're feeling a certain song at a certain time that's always nice to kind of back off especially if you need to give your vocals a break or you're just feeling amped up and you want to get the crowd going harder there is no break there is no break 
Uh, the, yeah, not for you. No, I mean the, the stage and the schedule and the the show days do not give a fuck how you feel. If you're sick, whatever. That's that's why I'm kind of try. I try to live different on the road because I don't want to like ever let a fan down. Because you know I'm I'm I could be I could see myself, my younger self, in the back room being like, huh, he didn't do the stream like he did on the album. You know, I'm that motherfucker. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're that kind of metalhead. You're the cynical, like, I need to, <laughs> I want to see it just the way it's supposed to be. You know, I want the full deal. Yeah, I don't want the, the like, 75% intensity version, especially of myself. Other, you know, I get it. I, I'm not, not like I'm perfect every show, far from it. But uh, we t- it's the trying your best to, like, give the sickest, most intense show possible that, for me, is, like, very like true metal isn't a specific sound or genre or something it's that you know mm-hmm. hey let's go back where um how'd you get into music how'd you start what when did you start singing what's your what's your uh indoctrination basically just warbreaker like i had had zero experience in music before it uh i kind of like my family was sort of like white picket fence suburbs and sort of the assumption was that i would do something like more academic or whatever basically and then you know my parents are still like when are you finishing school that's like <laughs> whenever i say i'm going on tour i still get that and even though i got a degree i just don't have a master's yet uh because i got of like splice back and forth so basically like no none of that at all i kind of got into like i had a couple uh there was like the sort of new metal era which got me to an ozfest in 2001 when i was like 15 or something and I saw Black Sabbath. I got the Black Sabbath best of. I had a year where I like listened to nothing but Ozzy Osbourne and associated stuff that had Ozzy Osbourne in it. And that then like that kind of led to just all the rest of the classic metal stuff. Took me a couple of years to like get into harsh vocals, but eventually I did with some early stuff of that flavor being like, you know, Children of Bodom, Hate Breeder and stuff like that. Uh, and then from there kind of into just like, old thrash and just old metal in general yeah how how, uh, how old were you when you started uh warbringer uh 19 19 okay that sounds about right so, kind of like starting to get into rock music like early teens but in a very more like mainstream of the time thing get into what i would consider more legit stuff like later teens and by like the time we're starting warbringer we're digging around looking for all the you know all the like the b and c tier just co- commercial profile because I think some of those records are as good or better as the top tier ones, but uh, that kind of stuff in the old thrash movement, and we were like debating other which records cooler than which, and we were super nerdy about it for a while. And that's how we were starting the band. We're basically some suburban kids who uh, like old metal for some reason. I, I had to go like two towns over to find anybody else who I knew who cared about it. Basically, so it was like. You know, it took like an hour and a half to drive as two hours to get everybody together for practice then. Uh, but I would I would do it every week. And I was like, hey, I was so excited for it back then. And we had no idea what we were doing. And it took us like months to finish playing a song, actually. And it was pretty much pure trial and error for me is how I remember it. Was, and this, I up, uh, was this L.A.? This was uh, it's in like uh, Ventura County. So gotcha. the county north of LA. I'm in LA County proper right now with, uh, you know, all the asphalt I can eat. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, it was, I, I grew up more in the suburbs. Uh, 
you know, my parents are middle class, uh, given the general evolution of America, I am not, <laughs> you know, I get a nice chunk uh, from, hey, I want to be a musician. Oh, <laughs> you know, that kind I mean, of... What is the middle class anymore, anyway? Oh, uh, yeah, let's not go too into that. We'll... <laughs> well, no, let's just do that. Let's, let's talk about that only right now. Uh, just kidding. Uh, well, that's, that's really yeah. also Ventura. I'm even more angry than I do on the records. No, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I think basically one thing I've been thinking a lot recently is if people are like, why are you into that angry metal stuff? I'm like, why aren't you? Are you paying attention to the fucking world around you or not? You know, like, you don't think there's any reason to be upset with the current status quo and you don't connect with the emotion of feeling generally like a fucking rat in a cage and being angry and wanting to like, punch the sky you know i i don't get why how you couldn't feel that right now yeah you know, the general story of the last i don't know 40 50 years of human civilization and i'm like oh i'm born into that oh i got a lot to look forward to don't i oh, you know yeah how does that uh what what sort of like age range are you teaching at school what do you what do you think about the next generation coming up and uh i don't know your kids are listening to music and you're like hey have you ever tried listening to like anthony oh, they- generally got no idea you know but that's fine you know uh it's it's funny a lot of stuff that i take for granted that like every kid's seen terminator right nope you know uh so it, it's funny I, I throw some of that stuff at him here and there i'm actually teaching at an orthodox jewish school which i'm uh, some kind of scientific humanitarian atheist agnostic but you know respect for all peoples of the earth and all that so it's no problem and uh, I have a great time teaching there. It's my third year. And so it's interesting. I'm kind of the, the weird one at the school, you know. Uh, and every now and then, if I had too much coffee, I'll say after class and they'll start asking me stuff like, so tell me about the CIA, you know, <laughs> uh, that one. Oh, yeah. And, and I kind of feel like sometimes I'll be talking about stuff and I'll be like, wait a second. Should I be talking about this one? <laughs> you know. <laughs> But generally, you know, you want to teach the kids about the real world. I kind of got shoehorned into teaching math, but if it were my choice, I would be like, oh, right. And so here's a course on why uh, basically a small ma- minority has owned everything for basically every period of history in every country, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. Because most people, I think, don't fully kind of like, I think most people kind of know that in the back of their head, but having sort of the material evidence laid out is a different story. Yeah. And uh, it'll, it'll come. People will figure it out. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I want to be in education for. It's like a different side of the reason that I want to make angry thrash music is because I sort of just feel this way about the time I existed and all of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Let's let's get on some music. So, how how would you say the state of thrash metal is? What in general? That's a complicated question, and I have a lot to say about that. Oh, good. We're on a podcast. Let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So basically, double edged sword, like many things. On one hand, so I'm really happy that Warbringer's been a part of a movement of many bands. None can take sole credit, certainly, uh, that starts up around the mid late 2000s and kind of continues to present with sort of an ebb and flow in how much is coming out and what's getting how much attention, you know, et cetera. Um, also, many of the classic era bands are now starting to a more thrash metal oriented style or 
they reunited and just started existing again. And I think all of that kind of feeds into each other, you know. Um, so I think all that's really good. Uh, I think basically the that, that's the plus side. And I think the downside, though, is I think um, basically every genre of music that exists is somewhat oversaturated. And the amount of music that like exists and comes out sort of outpaces people to keep up with it. I also think music and culture in general is kind of stuck in a weird freeze frame where you can kind of just look back and recombine stuff. And I don't know if I've heard anything in any style where I'm like, oh, this is a totally new thing in like the last years or something. You know, I sort of, I mean, that's kind of a, a blanket statement. But you know uh, what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think there's been like a totally new metal genre to come into existence that's like a full, like actually metal genre and not, wear these hats and we sing about this or something like that. I think it's called designer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so it's an interesting position. And I think where we are too, where we start our band in the mid late two thousands, our first release is 2008. First thrash metal releases are like 83, you know, <laughs> 82, if you're going to look at certain demos and that's a long fucking time <laughs> between. So you're kind of, I think just playing metal or hell, any guitar-based rock and roll in general, like wider than metal, uh, you have the problem with basically, this is like a 50-year-old style of music and a lot of music has come out. So it's harder and harder as each new record gets added to the pile, kind of just by process of elimination, it gets harder and harder to stand out, to be distinctive. Uh, and there's a kind of, uh, I think, jadedness to just music listening in general right now because of unprecedented accent access to you know a little bit of everything all of the time as one guy put it so i think all that's true at once and uh that's what i think about where music's at today or thrash metal in particular that i like the pieces are coming out and i'm happy the style still exists and uh so in another interview i i saw of you you kind of talked about how you guys are unabashedly just we are thrash metal that is that is what we do and and yeah is that my my right is that correct Fuck yeah, it's a legitimate song that deserves to be played. It speaks directly to, I think, legitimate material anger of the modern condition. And it contains a lot of the best stuff about just like metal and punk rock in terms of the energy level, in terms of the attitude, Uh, you know, and I think that's like a pretty great place to be. And also it's uh, one of the best things to hear if you just want to like, feel awesome and badass you know if you're just driving around listen to a tough ass you know like tough ass mid pacer rips that are all over classic thrash like (laughs) rules so there's there's all that at once that's just what i love about it and i think i'm just gonna love that my whole life i'm at the point where like yeah i I will never get sick of this uh this speaks to me a certain way and uh, like people who aren't into just like those kind of riffs or whatever i'm like are you hearing the same thing I am? You know, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, like this is so, badass. Yeah, it's just straight badass. It's pure metal. It's uh, There's not like too much pretentiousness or anything, but yet I think it's still a pretty like, I think it has like a, the core feeling and energy of it has a lot of artistic legitimacy at the same time. Um, yeah, I think thrash metal is a pretty great style. And also people often say like it's a really limited style and I would strongly disagree. 
I would compare like, I don't know, compare like uh, Heathen Breaking the Silence to Demolition Hammer to, uh, I don't know, like the first Destruction record or something. Or like all these have different guitar tones, different vocal styles, different songwriting approaches. I need to bring like Coroner or something into the picture. You know, you could bring Watch, bring up Watchtower or Aspid. Like there's wildly different shit that went very different directions. There's like DRI and the crossover approach. Uh, so there's like, I don't know, five or six major schools of thrash just in the classic canon, not even getting into the post 2000s era. That's kind of how I see what we're doing. I'm trying to like, okay, we are big fans of this style and not, and not only thrash metal, but you know, early death metal, speed metal, uh, certain power metal. It's not too fluffy, you know, uh, except black metal, all of that. And uh, just sort of the classic pure metal canon. Why say metal, the kind that makes you go like, you know, <laughs> that. Um, I just want to do everything I love about that kind of refined and brought through my and all the players. I, you know, the fine players in the band, all of our own kind of interpretation, our favorite stuff, our like dream version of thrash metal, if you will. That's kind of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. What if we it's like such and such album with a vocal part like the you know and it's just like trying to take what we love filter it through ourselves and kind of refine be the most like refined tightest best you can so uh there's this bruce lee quote i like where it's it's not about adding to yourself it's about subtracting strip away the inessential i kind of think that more and more as we go on we did the one really experimental record empire's collapse which kind of went every direction and i think having done that we kind of zeroed in on, all right, here's all the stuff we can really do that really feels right for Warbringer. And I think we've kind of got a, a pretty apparent sound going on the last two records that I do think is quite distinctive. And I think even if you go into our early work, there's a, like even the first record, which is the most like, yes, we like 80s thrash that we ever got. Uh, I think there's a distinct hybrid of like the Bay Area and German styles on that one because we live both of that, which uh, is something, you know, that, in the original time, it was kind of more regional and stuff because of the way people interacted with music fundamentally. Yeah. And uh, I guess what what do you think has changed most in the band since War Without End to your latest album? Oh, just freaking everything, man. It's a fundament. I'm a fundamentally different person. I'm not the same me and neither is anyone else who was involved in the record. You know, uh, it's the difference between a bunch of kids making their first record with all the demo songs we wrote in our garage versus a band that's now pushing 15 going on 20 years or something somewhere in there uh on record six trying to top ourselves you know (laughs) so uh there's uh there's a certain like energy to the early ones and most like first thrash demos albums stuff like that that uh i find really cool where it's that unpolished we're playing a little faster than we really can all that you know um so now it's a much more like refined tightly focused thing i think i'm a better lyricist and stuff but there's just some straight like fun lines and stuff i have on the first one so it's like i wouldn't i I would write the same things now because i'm not the same person i'm coming from a different place so uh it's i don't know it's an interesting and weird one honestly it's a fucking hell of a trip to go listen to young self Mm mm-hmm often you're fairly keenly aware of your own development and that means your limitations oh i used to not be able to do this my you know the technique wasn't as good i didn't like the way i said uh, enunciated as well uh, so on and so forth but like 
that's what improvement's all about, you know, is trying to move from somewhere to somewhere. And so I, I really like our old records. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, geez, you know, sometimes uh, I, I think a lot of things about it. Yeah, it was a long time ago as well. So, yeah. yeah I still love vinyl live. They're, they're still fun as fuck. Uh, what's, the song everybody, what's the song everybody wants to hear off your early albums? There you... is like one. There is, it's, just, it's just everything. Between it's between a few of them. There's a few staples. Uh, Combat Shock was the closer for like Aeons uh, for every set we played, uh, and big like dramatic <laughs> before that last riff. The that one, uh, so, and, and usually get a pit. Go, that was a great pit moment, uh, typically for the set. We still do that, uh, just not every time now. <laughs> um, Total War, of course, has always been a staple. Uh, we don't always play it, but sometimes we do. Uh, and uh, let's see, Living in a Whirlwind was a live staple forever. It kind of bumps elbows and competes with Remain Violent for Slot, but we're going to be rehearsing it tonight, so we'll probably be pulling out some on this tour. Uh, Severed Reality has also been in the live set more shows than not since we wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um everyone wants to hear but that's what we play <laughs> i don't have a perfect survey of everyone what they want to hear yeah what what were some of the first like venues that you guys started playing in um what, what kind of like gave you your, your feet what, what what places do you kind of have good nostalgia for for just getting you guys started um the first show we ever played i don't think the place exists anymore but it was a place called the harmony suite cafe in simi valley california we played a five song set with two covers uh we did the Enzo, we did an Enzo Ferrum cover oddly enough guardians of fate from their first album <laughs> we did a lot of stuff then. um and we did uh and somebody said take off your shoes and i did um, <laughs> and I lost my shoes. Yeah, so that was our first show. It was a pretty standard, like, this is our first show, guys. You know, it was one of those. Um, and it went from there. It was about six months after we started the band. After that, we started playing places like the Cobalt Cafe uh, in Canoga Park, the Knitting, which is a pretty small, dingy little place that a lot of local bands play at. We had some killer shows there. Um, the Knitting Factory in Los Angeles is kind of exist uh used to have a lot of shows uh because as we started doing our first shows we began to first just move in more into thrash and our listening our writing because it was still pretty new to us at the time we started the band um and started to learn that there were other guys who were like wait you guys you know razor what you know <laughs> that kind of shit uh no i thought nobody cared about this stuff right i thought everyone was in, at the time metalcore was what was big you know and we were sort of like no about that um and i just was like you know so so that was really cool that there was a scene and uh for a while there before anybody got signed there's like merciless death fueled by fire and us they had started a little before us uh and there and several other bands, Witch Haven, Malicious Salts, et cetera, et cetera, a whole LA thrash scene of uh, that era that they were selling out shows at like the Whiskey and the Dinning Factory, pure local bands, none of whom had an album. So that was really exciting. And it was a really special time in my life being a part of all that. Very, a lot of youthful excitement. And uh, that sort of led to, you know, people in LA who ran metal labels kind of like oh well, you know local bands we never heard of are selling out shows let's check it out so a lot of these bands did get signed uh and put out at least one or two albums uh, and we kind of just stuck it 
longer out of uh, uh, tenacity, craziness, who knows. <laughs> but, uh, oh, and the whiskey at Go-Go, we used to play all the time, and we still do. Just we don't uh, pay to play to go on before North or anything like that <laughs> anymore. Pay That's what play. that place is now. <laughs> it's what it's been for at least as long as I've been playing, and uh, pay to play shouldn't exist anywhere. That's my opinion on that. No, I agree. And you're, you're playing there at the end of this tour with Heathen and Misfire, right? Is that correct? We sure are. It's going to be great. Uh, by the way, I, have a, I, got, I did a whole other interview the other day, and I forgot to comment on this. It's crazy to me. We got Heathen on our tour. What the fuck? <laughs> I was going back and listening to Breaking the Silence Victims. Those are fucking good albums, man. It's fucking rad. Yeah, I interviewed David this morning. Oh, nice. I, I, and I was doing Evolution of Chaos yesterday in the car. It's fucking great, you know? Um, they, they put on a lot of really like they've had a high bar for quality their whole career as far as I so I'm really excited to go see, I've never seen the band live so I'm looking forward to how did you guys connect how did how did this happen oh, the same way every tour happens booking agents it's way it's way less sexy and impersonal you know everyone wants to think it's like oh and then the guy from this band called up his buddy and this band was like hey dude and and they're all like you know I wish you were more like that but no it's uh there was like some agents doing negotiations uh, we on our end supported the idea we're like yes if we can get even to go on tour with us let's absolutely do that that would be sweet let's do what we need to do to make that happen um because uh you know just through the like email pipeline that came up and i, I sort of jumped on it i thought that would be awesome so i'm really excited it's happening uh it's sort of a milestone for the band because uh you know we got a band that influenced us on the bill with us and that's just great uh and uh, yeah, Warbringer supported a ton of bands from our influence too. But said, this is the other order, which is kind of crazy. And there's a yeah, no, it's pretty wild that you guys. I mean, you were citing them at the start of this interview, so that's it's pretty rad that you actually get to do that in general. And they seem like great guys, just really cool guys to hang out with. So super stoked for you guys, and I'm super glad you guys are coming to Santa Cruz as well. Yeah, and I hope a great opportunity for any of the fans of our band who maybe are like younger metal fans and know the modern era better than like the classic era to like go and find out about a great fucking metal band, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you were kind of talking about underdog bands or something that you guys really like to listen to find these like kind of maybe off the beaten path. And I, and I hate the, one of the first things on their Wikipedia says, though they never became successful, very I, like, successful. And I'm like, why the fuck does it have to say that? Like, I know, as as if, like, the fact that not a ton of people bought, like, compared to the Black Album or whatever, that less yeah. people deception makes the opiate of the masses riff crunch any less hard. Yeah. That's such a good one. That's one of those mid-paced ones I was talking about, one, a really good one. It's like, dude, I sometimes I'll, like, take a riff like that and fucking loop it because I just want to, like, uh, just, you know, uh, man, uh, I, I totally agree. There's all kinds of stuff. Uh, who kind of struck gold commercially in that whole circus is like is not the same as who made good records. What care about as a music listener? If it's not who made good records, I think you're fucking nuts. You know. Yep. What well, did you guys have any sort of aspirations when you first started Warbringer? What was what was the idea? <laughs> I just wanted to be in a metal band, man. Um, I, I liked metal a lot. <laughs> eyes every part of blind guardian and then there was silence which is like a 14 minute thing it's a great fucking piece uh, or uh here let's see if i can go to sleep listening to darkness descends i can um <laughs> you know <laughs> right yeah. uh you get used enough to that speed and they kind of like 
when you kind of like get yourself in that headspace where the speed becomes normal, it's a weird mental thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I would do stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just a weird fucking kid basically. And <laughs> that's super interesting. Is that something that, uh, kind of, do you go into like a trance state a little bit when you're on stage or do you really like try to connect? What do you, what's, what's your thoughts? I got no idea what I'm doing on stage, man. I'm straight autopilot. I, I don't know where it comes from. And, my perception of time and memory is heavily altered while on stage. When I think back of any show I've ever played, and that's why I kind of hate what's your favorite show questions. Cause I'm like, dude, I wasn't there when I was doing it. <laughs> yeah, ask somebody else or else, man, you know, I was in the realms of metal. It's like, it's like the place I go kind of in my head is sort of what I try to channel honestly is myself first learning about really evil fucking thrash riffs in my room alone on this i try to channel that that's just like ah because the, the gestures the faces i do that's like just how i feel listening to stuff so i kind of go just then i'm like actually very introverted and in my own head in a weird way you know you're on the stage performing to everyone i look at people and stuff but it's like it's like i'm not fully there it's it's strange uh so let's talk about the the lineup a little bit what who do you have going right now and what are their sort of influences how do you guys write right now what's what's sort of the how does the band branch out well uh we've actually we're we're gonna hit a milestone if we can keep this lineup for another record which i believe we will um because it's been pretty darn stable for a while now but um we've got we, we can have a we, we've never had the same exact record on two records the same exact lineup on two records, sorry. Um, and I really hope that we can actually achieve that here. I think it's the strongest lineup, uh, certainly just playing and performance and like tightness and musicianship wise we've ever had uh, with, let's go through it. We got myself on vocals, uh, Adam Carroll on guitar. Adam Carroll has been there. So, so Adam and I are the two that have been there since the beginning. You know, Adam was drums on the first demo actually. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we got Carlos Cruz on drums, but Carlos Cruz also plays guitar and he, you know, he records and stuff. So he's kind of like the command center, if you will. Uh, and he does a lot of the writing. It's like Adam, me and Carlos. that's sort of the main team. And we've done a whole like little mini documentary about writing weapons, even because we have a pretty interesting process that'll start in multiple different ways. And we both sometimes will start with Adam or Carlos wrote all these riffs. And now here, let me come up with an idea for it and modify it to fit that idea. Or other times here, I have this idea for these rhymes and these words can we write riffs around it that sound like this and have this feel? And we do. And so we've written it both ways, starting with music, starting with lyrics, starting with riffs from Carlos, starting with riffs from Adam and uh, chase and chase on guitar and bass. Uh, all we, they all write their own parts in there. And what we did is we've actually put a lot of parts to highlight their playing and musicianship on weapons of tomorrow. So like, the first song has a minute and a half guitar solo in the middle of pure shredding because we think we have a really great lead player. And we try to put spots where the players have are able to do what they do best and really shine. Uh, or check out Chase Bryant's bass throughout the whole of Heart of Darkness. You know, I think some moments where they really, really uh, contributed a whole lot to the songs and how they came out with their playing. Oh, what what sort of uh, what sort of character do you think you evoke? If you had to like draw this this character, what would you? How would you do that? Sort of a guy who's like losing his mind and kind of 
alternating between being like i don't know like the voice of a tyrannical government like the guy at the, the end of 1984 is like here's why we're doing all this i kind of like sort of switching between that persona and like a dude who's trapped under it and also kind of uh that, that's kind of the character i want to sort of be doing and also like kind of coldly cynical and cruel and kind of like mockingly ironic about things you know uh, i like like uh one of my favorite lyrics i did in recent i was just the title track woe to the vanquished because it's like okay here what happens if the roman army comes to your town you know um that that kind of stuff and then the narrator the speaker in that song is like oh yeah what are you gonna do about it you know like well you think you you know i i like it's sort of a person who's going mad from the state of things and reality. Well, shit. Uh, so, I mean, dude, you are, your vocal range is really insane. You do lots of like little things and you said this is your first band, but have you ever like, is there anybody that kind of took you under your wing or is this purely just you just chugging it out? How have you not hurt your voice? That's how I have it. You know, there's a bit from the old X-Men cartoon or something. There's something with Wolverine in it where they ask him if it hurts when he does the claw thing. And he's like, every time, bub. You know, people are like, doesn't that hurt your voice? Yes. Yeah. Pain is what makes it sound the way it does. And it's not like I'm like, ah, or anything. I'm used to it. The amount of, like, throwing yourself into it is what makes it metal, you know, Um, in a sense. And, no, like, you know, my own mom told me I couldn't sing once (laughs) when I was growing up. And so I'm still not like a... A strong, I would say, singer. I have really good projections, high and stuff. My pitch is pretty weak because I'm not like a player or anything. Um, so I do really well at what I do, where I get to focus on, you know, lyrics and coming up with like evil ideas and phrases and stuff, and then just delivery. How do you make each line sound dementedly wicked? How do you? Where do you put the shrieks? And how do you do them? And just all the theatricality that I see an old metal vocalist you know kind of one of the things i say to myself that i want to do is kind of take the technique and style of the rapid fire barkers you know tom Araya on rain and blood traza on pleasure to kill or extreme aggression or something uh don Dottie on darkness descends uh pat lind on spectrum of death very underrated vocal performance uh that kind all that kind of stuff the rapid fire machine gun shit and mix it with some of the theatricality and thespianism of like Dio, Dickinson, Halford, Eric Adams, vocalists like that. Uh, it's for the fans, it seems like. Pretty much. Uh, you know, it's weird because like I always enjoy it once when I'm out there, but like there's a weird element of dread when you haven't been out for a while. Cause like, oh shit, I'm gonna be going, you know, I have a I'm pretty comfy here in my apartment and stuff. I, I have it. I get to take it nice and easy for the most part. I like it. I, I like not being in a car more than an hour or two a day, which <laughs> you already have to just to live in LA. I was gonna say. Yeah. But you know, it better beats like seven hours a day, right? So I, I, I want less of that, not more. When I go on tour, I get the opposite. But it's uh it feels like extended mission or at least it did the last time when we did recently with max and igor cavalera great tour by the way um but i'm kind of like i'm just one of those people i got a hard time with sudden dramatic change and i'm about to bring it on myself by doing this tour in my band so i'm like ah gearing up and kind of up until like a couple days ago i was like pretending it didn't exist so i didn't have to think about it (laughs) I think that's a big thing with like artists in general. I mean, I'm a musician myself, so like big, big shows, big recording projects, and all that stuff. I'm always a little bit uh, 
not not dreading it. I, don't, I wish there was like a proper word for it. There probably is in like German. Hot <laughs> one. It'll be really long, but very yeah, yeah and very hard to say, but very ag- aggressive sounding. But yeah. I, I, can, I can totally see that. What's what's sort of your, I guess, philosophy on art and music? What sort of movies do you like? What sort of what sort of outside of music stuff do you do enjoy? Oh, a lot of stuff. You know, my thing recently, I've been just nerding out super hard. Uh, I have a Space Marine Warhammer 40K army, and I play pretty competitively at a local shop and try to, like, figure out what's the smartest play here. I always love my strategy war games, so it's great doing it physical mode. It's kind of scratch, like, it is manual video games, basically, but I, I like it better, <laughs> you know? So I'm, I'm aware of Warhammer. Can you kind of explain it to somebody else, though? <laughs> Okay, basically, it's a sci-fi future here. There's a plug for you, Games Workshop. Uh, it's a sci-fi future universe that's like the darkest imaginable. And it sort of has a weird mixture of some pretty good like philosophical musings on the future destiny of mankind and on power and civilization itself. Uh, and then kind of like that mixed with some straight... 15 year old like these space guys are fucking cool look at that he's a laser gun and power armor whoa so it's it's uh but it's ridiculously dark and uh there's a great imperium of mankind that's like space fascists and they're supposedly the good guys in the setting and they're straight genocidal they want to kill every species that isn't humans there's many aliens some of which are completely horrific uh some are ancient and wiser than humans and then there's like demons from space hell have you ever seen the movie event horizon that's kind of a good starting point so space hell is also trying to consume reality so in this setting there's no room for any human softness and anything good about the human race was forgotten ten thousand years ago all they are is cattle for an endless galactic war that they are slowly losing fuck yeah it's awesome. It's so metal. Uh, Bolt Thrower Realm of Chaos album is actually one of the things that got me into that whole thing because that's a sick fucking record. So this is a game. <laughs> and this is all that all everything I just described is the lore for said yeah. war game. Have a sci-fi war game. You need cool sci-fi. Yeah. So. I never heard the whole backstory for that. It's way sicker now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's uh, That's the basic idea. And then all that's a nice little setting for you to have your little fucking space dudes uh, roll dice and shoot stuff. Yeah, but, I, I had some. I got some at Comic-Con when I was a young kid, and I think none of my friends wanted to play it with me. And then, it, you know, didn't Dude, I was into the fantasy one when I was, like, 17, before I started Warbringer, actually. And then kind of, like, the band replaced that. And so COVID when I'm stuck here for two years, I, I did it. I painted up an army and uh, that, so that's been my hobby. The other one is, it was my wife and I's five year anniversary this summer. And so we've got a kayak. So I've been going up to the lake like once a week for a while. It's great. What, what lake in Ventura? Oh, I'm in Los Angeles, but you oh, know, oh, sorry, you're in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's where you're from. Yeah. Not that far. It's a California. But Lake Castaic, Lake Pyramid, Lake Pyru, stuff like that. Just all the lakes around here. But it's been pretty great. Right. Uh, dude, there was a goose with a with a broken limb and its bones sticking out, and the thing still managed to walk and uh, and fly and swim. We fed it bread, but it looked like it got hit by a boat or something. It was living there, and apparently, like the lifeguard and the people around the lake knew it and had a name for it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, sounds like a sounds like a song right there. Yeah, I used to live in LA. I would, uh, whenever I needed to get out of the city, I'd go to Pyramid Lake. It was yeah, it was kind of nice. Uh, yeah, 
No, it's like you. Yeah, I really enjoy it, dude. Just it's beautiful. I need to like not see concrete for a minute sometimes, you know. <laughs> that was my thing. I went to Musicians Institute and I lived right in Hollywood, uh, like right behind the Chinese Theater, and I went crazy. Like I would have to go to a park just to sit next to a tree, and I kind of had to like shoo away some like bums. I'm like, can I get a little time over here? Like I just need to sit down. <laughs> Can't you see me and the tree are having a detailed conversation? Come on. <laughs> I was like, I need to have one. I get it, man. I get it. Yeah, sometimes it's like one thing is if you get out of here, you'll sort of realize, oh, wait, what's that thing missing? Oh, yeah, the hum of cars. That's like not there. You notice it. You get to the point where you don't notice its presence, but you do notice its absence. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to say that. Why do you live in L.A.? Because uh, I still am in this band. Uh, <laughs> that's basically, and because my life is here, all the people I know are here. But we're gonna, we're gonna probably gonna move in a year or two. Uh, Chase Becker moved up to Washington around the beginning of COVID, and the band's still doing fine. We still operate. We fly him down a week before and we rehearse, and uh, it's just fine. So uh, I'm probably gonna do that at some point. But uh, yeah, for now, I still got my, you know, I got my teaching job here. I got the band, and that's just where we already live. You know, moving somewhere else is a big deal and you have to actually find where you're going to move and all that and, and as you said you, you like being in your comfy zone and your in your spot with your routines yeah dude that's been a problem with me forever is like if i'm like somewhere and i get used to doing something i don't really want to like stop doing that thing i just want to keep doing it so like at one point that thing for me was tour like early on that's all i knew and all i did for like the first five years of my 20s or something so it's yeah. i had to like my wife had to like how re-house train me almost because i was too used to living in a goddamn van like a complete animal yeah and you've you've talked about in the past uh and where was i going with this oh talked shit the pastor myself to remember let alone i'm surprised you do <laughs> yeah i'm doing pretty good to remember where i'm at but that, that thought just sailed away um what do you guys have coming up next for the band as as after this tour well one thing to note i don't think i remarked on yet is we're releasing a music video it's from weapons of tomorrow so it's not new music but it's a new video um it's for crush beneath the tracks and it'll come out on monday so we filmed that to support the tour came out pretty thick i think it's a really good just like head banging performance oriented video with some nice intercut footage of uh modern ai and manufacturing dystopian shit which is the theme of that song uh these ai in for the video or is it uh, uh, about ai almost uh there's like footage of modern manufacturing processes we got some shots of like a a robot arm playing a girl in chess got the director put in a good little juxtaposition where there's a guy petting one of those robot police dogs and then a homeless guy with a real dog that's hungry you know stuff like just dystopian imagery i think they they did a good job with that uh because that's the theme of the song is you know progress as a thing that like crushes you and squeezes the humanity out of you rather than advance in any way that's what Racks off is that progress to metaphor? <sighs> you know, like, you sound like a history teacher. Uh, I studied history. Yeah, that's my thing. I, I was, I kind, I kind of almost had that idea. I was like, oh, they put this guy on 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 math because I don't think they teach. They try not to teach as much history anymore. Um, on call it social studies, and they could call it propaganda if you wanted. Yeah. What, what what's your prediction for the next in five years for humanity? 
Oh shit, I don't know. Um, that's hard to say, honestly. Right now, here I can't tell you in any specific time frame, but I do believe if we basically keep doing things as a civilization the way we have since about the Industrial Revolution, uh, with you know modern consumer society and everything, that you're looking at one of two endings to this whole humanity story, and it's environmental collapse, nuclear war. It's not a matter of if; it's which one comes first. So then that hits you as the individual with certain problems, like okay, I'm married. For five years with my wonderful wife right I, i'm happy where i am there and uh so but then i have na- nagging little thoughts like if i have kids is that a crime against those unborn children to bring them into this world where they will have probably no future i dude and i i think about that a lot um <laughs> i don't think i'm ever gonna have kids my my girlfriend and i have are pretty you know anything could change but at the same time i'm like there's like not a lot of water left no, that, the water and then the interconnectedness of the food chain. And I mean, we just got like a two week heat wave where, you know, it went down to 98 at one point. And my wife and I are like, oh, yeah, so it's a lot nicer today. And it's like fucking 98, you know, um, it's not 110, you know. Um, so I, I'm worried. It got that hot. I'm worried. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, and it's just like there's no sign of any change right now. Like for Exxon buried its own climate change findings in the 70s. They did internal research on it all the way back in the fucking 70s before I was born. Exxon Mobil, the company, uh, where they found out that their operations are causing adverse effects on the biosphere and the future of organized human life and all of that. And uh, that then they buried the research findings. They're going to court for it now. They're probably going to get like an $8 million fine or something like that. Uh, which <laughs> And that's what happens for those kind of things but meanwhile you know you go to the cbs and you'll see that the baby formula is locked up yeah so the real criminals get the you know are, are on the yachts and and the desperate uh you know the desperate folks we get to point the finger at them you know you look at that locked up baby food formula at the cbs who's it being kept from like if, if someone steals it who's stealing it and why you know Versus, why do, why aren't they allowed to just have it? Oh, so so the guy who owns CVS can see the returns, right? You got to lock that up with a padlock. You know, you got to go get the employee to open it with the key, like it's some uh, contraband or something. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, so, so dude, I basically can't go out on the street without like just being like see, just fucking seething yeah. <laughs> all the. You know, I try to sort of uh, live in my world of you know books and like fake-ass sci-fi stuff that doesn't exist and whatnot to distract myself from my own anger at reality. There you go. What, what, and, is, what does music bring for you that is... Sorry. <laughs> uh, good. Um, no, that's it. And metal is a great outlet for that same thing. What were you saying? What, what, is, what is music as a, you know, kind of a lighter point, uh, if, if you will, uh, what, is, what does kind of music bring to that in general? Like, what do you, what do you like about playing shows? What do you, what do you like about the, the humans that you see at these shows? Like, evil character that i do but some aspect of my own self of my own emotion and other people connect to it and that just feels great uh, you know i'm hardly the first musician to say this pretty much everyone does i think and rightly so um i really enjoy the idea that i can like give something of myself that's i like to think is unique to me uh in our particular band my particular vocal style the particular songs that me and and my bandmates and friends and stuff wrote um and, and 
than the sort of pride of excellence of re- of knowing that we really gave it our hundred ten percent. Thanks for doing this. Let's let's kind of talk about. I, there's a question I always ask people, and you've kind of touched on this before, but I just want to get a you know, succinct answer. What is success for you? What is your philosophy on success? Well, uh, in music or in life or what? I, yes. It's uh, sure. Yes. Uh, being a person who you're proud of to look at at the mirror. That's the only one. Uh, I say I anything material beyond being able to basically remain alive and a decent standard of living and stuff, you know, uh, do you think success is like something like that? Or, you know, I have multiple, these possessions, or you're basically going to like point to stuff you have and not stuff you are. I would deeply disagree with that version of it. And I would say that actually such an attitude is the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, it's about it's like whatever you do, it's about being happy with who you are at the end of the day. Um, and, and I'm happy with what we've done as a band. I think I've, I think myself and the band has stayed pretty darn true to the initial artistic vision. Um, one thing I often say to myself when I'm writing new material is, all right, so my like, you know, myself at 19, when I'm just starting the band, and I just found out about thrash metal, but I have very strong opinions about what's legit not, you know, that guy, that fucking kid, if he was in the room looking at us jamming right now, would he think it's sweet? You know, I kind of like, no matter where we go, um, I have to sort of like, retain original purpose this has to be a band that's about riffs and it shreds and it's fast you know like all of that uh if i i think that that's why the like essence never really changed even though we've had many different members even though the sound has developed in many ways it's it's kind of like and takes at the same thing and, and kind of getting it sharp the point sharper and sharper that's how i feel about it and i think I think we have done that basically in our career. So for me, that's success is that uh, our fifth and sixth record show a lot of growth from our first and second. And I think we started at a pretty good place. Um, So yeah, I just basically think that uh, at the end of the day, I like the records we made, (laughs) you know? So whether anybody remembers it, whether a band uh, gets more, you know, commercially, uh, gets a higher commercial profile than it has now, or whether it fades into the dust tomorrow, like, those records are there, those records are still going to be sweet, you know, um, that's how I feel about it, so I, I do, uh, I kind of feel on one hand, like, I've done most of what I set out to do here, and kind of the thing that's left, I guess, is, well, can I, can I kind of do what I'm doing, you know, better, can we top Weapons of Tomorrow, can I make something that, hits and i think i'm gonna i I went on sort of like a world war one obsession period where i read like 10 books on or something around the time of world of the vanquish and that bled into weapons of tomorrow but i think uh, on the next record which i do have a fair number of ideas for i'm gonna kind of like the old battlefields alone for a minute and uh not saying i won't go back there but uh and and focus more on like some of that stuff we were talking about earlier about like oh yeah the the being a person living in modern life and that existential dystopian, those kind of questions that just existing right now throws at you. And I, I've already done some of that turning of the gears, crushed beneath the tracks, whatever. But I, I think that's kind of angle I want to go to the Lord telling you, Hey peasant, this is why I own you. And I always will. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great start to song right there. You know, it's going to be praised 
cooler and rhyming. I got a rhyme, but uh, I have lines. I'm just not going to give them to you now. <laughs> All right. Very excited about actually. I really like. Uh, it feels very cruel to say, and that's how I know it's good. <laughs> that's 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 perfect. Um, all right, so you got you're going uh, Warbringer, Heathen, Misfire. You're going on tour, starting in Fresno. Then you're coming to Santa Cruz, the Atrium. Where you'll be here on Wednesday, September fourteenth. Uh, guys, our show too. Damn, we better get our act together fast. Yeah. <laughs> And then you got, and you go, man, you're going all over the place. Sacramento, Portland. Well, you're doing a good West Coast, Seattle, Boise, Denver, getting around, doing a bunch of other stuff too. Oh, and you're going to Mexico. Western Center. Yeah, Mexico's coming up after. It's a a short leg after. Really excited. Always love going to Mexico. Kick ass place. Uh, Probably best food, my favorite food in the world too. Um, Yeah, seriously. It's just good food. Um, And, yeah, dude, Mexico rules. Uh, we did the kind of east and central U.S. because we only did one leg of the Cavalera tour. Uh, Symbolic Carnage took the second leg. And uh, we didn't play L.A. on that tour or anything. So we haven't played L.A. since before COVID. So that's going to be the last show on this tour. That's going to be a triumphant return, I feel like. And just the whole tour in general will be. There's a lot of places we've been to many times. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to see a lot of familiar faces I haven't seen for like three or four years now, you know, uh, since for all this shift in the world that happened like right as we were putting out our album. <laughs> yeah. It seems like both you and Heathen had pretty much exact same thing happen to you. So. Yeah. Happened to like half the bands in music, basically. I know. Yeah. I, I was supposed to go on tour the next month and uh, you know how that went. Um, so I guess sort of last thoughts before we wrap this up. Anything you want to say to the fans? Anything you want to just shout out to the void? Well, I've been the void i think this whole time you know you kind of press a button and i'll just go off and who knows, i don't know what direction uh but I, I to the fans i guess you know thank you guys uh if it weren't for the fans of the band and basically the interest in the band i would have no reason uh to push the way i do i think i think just the fact that other people are there and i can see and like you know what they tell me they care about it because they'll show up and buy a ticket because they'll buy the record you know and and i talk to them i see them and and i see the excitement in people's face and i connect to it because it's uh it's how i feel about the metal bands i like and so uh honestly just thanks fans because when i whenever i get that i feel like mission accomplished and i feel successful in life going back to that so honestly everything the progression and the the whole fact that the band's even around and that I'm still doing this is thanks to you guys. And, uh, you know, it's been a great gift to my life that I get to do this and something I'm really excited about. So there, that's my, my message to the fans. I really, every band, every band in the world, those are their fans, everything. Yeah. Uh, well, John Kevill, this has been super fun. I also, extra special note, I love that you've just been fucking around with scissors the whole time. It was it had this menacing vibe to it. Like, I really, really felt it. I really felt what you were saying about the band as you were holding scissors, <laughs> just twirling them around. My arts and crafts desk right now, because the light by my desk is busted. <laughs> so, uh, I, I love big- it. Yeah, I love that we got that on video as well. That, that, that's a good moment. Um, this has been Breaking North. Uh, we talked to artists comedians actors chefs all sorts of things and kind of see what makes them tick and just hear about their life and and their perspective on art and humanity um really appreciate you being on the show excited to see you and yeah anything else anything else we all good right 
stoked, man. Hey, you know, talking about all this, I'll tell you what, it's made me stoked to go get my ass into rehearsal because everyone else started around eight. So I got to get over there. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. Dude, thanks for taking the time. Sorry. <laughs> That's a little one over. Sorry. It's great. It's a great opportunity to pr- promote the tour. Uh, West Coast and Central USA. If you're in the East USA or Europe, we got you guys in the works right now. So keep an eye peeled for the announcements. Uh, the plan is to tour as much as we can basically through the next summer and really give weapons of tomorrow that proper cycle it deserves. So uh, that's the goal. That's what we're at. All right. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Okay. Take care, man. Have a good- Hey, what's up? Zen here again. Thanks for listening to the show. Just wanted to let you know again that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash breaking North. That is patreon.com slash breaking North. Please also like subscribe, review, do all the good stuff for our social media communicate with us and if you want to be on the show hit me up i want to check out your art i want to check out your cooking i want to check out what you do let's talk cool thanks